بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله النبي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا القاسم المصطفى محمد اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهن أكرمني من الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أنباب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا رحمة we started the discussion about divine justice and wisdom and why there seem to be some problems in the world, either natural catastrophes or moral problems that are caused by human behavior. <clears throat> Sometimes we have earthquakes, and droughts, sometimes we have wars and murders. So they call natural, uh, you know, catastrophes and moral catastrophes. I already mentioned something about whether it is a really an issue of justice or wisdom. And we said it's not an issue of justice, it's a matter of wisdom. Because no one has any right over God. Even if we don't have any food to eat, there is no water, we cannot say that, you know, God has been unjust to us because we don't have any right. We said we want to see what is the wisdom behind this. Why God who is all-powerful and all-knowledgeable and who is also uh, benevolent would let these problems happen. We want to understand the wisdom behind this. You remember I gave you an example of someone who is giving from his own money so although if he gives different amounts, we would not be able to question his justice, what we might wonder why he has given different amounts to different people without having any uh, you know, difference in our understanding. And I explain this. Today I want to expand on this issue. So we may go a bit out of the book to expand because it's a very important issue. And then inshallah we carry on with the book maybe from next session. So we want to have an understanding about the problems and in particular about suffering. What is Islamic understanding of suffering? Why we sometimes suffer? And what would be the role of suffering in our development and our spiritual upliftment? First, I would like to start with <clears throat> some verses of the Qur'an about Prophet Adam. If you go to Surah Baqarah, verses 35, 36, you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said right at the beginning of entrance to heaven, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ We said, O oh Adam, you and your wife settle in heaven. أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ So, it's very important that Adam didn't go alone to Jannah. Yeah? Before Adam was going to Jannah, he had his wife, and then as a family, as a couple, they went to heaven. Even when Allah warns them about coming out of heaven, Allah said, you will both may leave heaven. Uh, so, there are some points about this uh, in some discussion about family I mentioned. But we leave it aside for the time being. You can eat freely wherever you like. 
But then after some words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them also a warning. For example, if you go to Surah Taha, because this conversation between Allah and Adam is mentioned in different chapters. Okay? So the conversation is also mentioned in Surah Taha. In verse 117, Allah says that He told Adam that they have an enemy and they must be very careful about that enemy. Even somehow reference was made to Satan. Allah didn't say there is an enemy, unknown enemy. No, it, Allah even pointed somehow to that enemy. This is an enemy of you and your wife. Okay? Be careful, do not let him to send you out of the heaven. If you go out of heaven, then you will suffer. So what is the root, what is the first cause of our suffering? Is that Adam salam, departed heaven. Allah said, فَلَا يُخْرَجَنَّكُمَا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ Do not let he would lead you both, expel you both from heaven. So, there was not issue of one of them going out. Both of them. Okay? Both went to the heaven and both came out. But fatashqa, you would suffer. Because Allah is talking to Adam and also because man is to undertake greater pain and responsibility, so the greater suffering is for Adam, maybe. Fatashqa, not fatashqiyah. You understand? It's not fatashqiyah. Anyway, I wanted to tell you that this is not something unknown. This is not something not predicted that there would be suffering. Actually, this is the nature of this life. And even Allah, before Adam came to this world, had warned him that if you come to this world, if you come down, if you do hobut, if you descend, there would be suffering. In Surah Balad, you know, in chapter 90, verse 4, Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي We have created man in difficulties. So, this is the nature of the world. Now, I want to make a few points so that, inshallah, you would have somehow a comprehensive picture of <coughs> Islamic understanding of suffering. One is that you should not think that if someone has been given worldly gifts, it's necessarily a sign of being a loved person. Unfortunately, there is a misconception. Some people, as soon as they see someone has difficulty, they think he's not loved by God. And if someone has no difficulty, they think he's loved by God. You should not be judging like this. Actually, the Quran says that sometimes Allah would give too much to a person in this world because these are the people who are not loved. And this is a way for them to add to their problems. Or because this is the only thing that they have. They don't have anything, any hope in Akhirah. So they would see the result only in dunya. So if someone has been given a lot in dunya, this can be something to worry. Sometimes it has to worry you, not you know, to make you very happy. Let me give for you some references. One is in chapter 43, verse 
33. it not for the danger that mankind would be one community, means they would all lose their faith. Had it not been that some people would lose their faith, we would have given to the people who deny God so much that they would make the roof of their houses with silver. So not only being given dunya is not a sign of being loved, actually it's opposite. If it was not that mu'minin, some mu'minin would you know, lose their iman, Allah would have given so much from dunya to those who don't accept him that they could make their houses with jewelries. Or in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 178. Some time, some opportunity to continue and carry on, it's better for them. Sometimes Allah gives you opportunity to carry on because He wants you to come back. But sometimes you are very insistent on being bad. You have proved that there is no way to change. Still, Allah may let you carry on because then in this way you will add to your problem. So there are different ways of giving opportunity. Sometimes you give an opportunity to a person to improve. Sometimes you give opportunity to a criminal to prove that how criminal he is. You know, sometimes police don't arrest a person who is suspicious because they want to have clear demonstration. You know, they want so. You should not think that if you do sins and nothing happens, so it means that you are loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a very beautiful story, very moving story that I would like you know, to share with you. Uh, once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was invited to a house of someone for a meal. Qala Abu Abdullah alayhi salam, Imam Sadiq says this story. Du'iya al-Nabi ila ta'amin. He was invited for a food, for a meal. Falamma dakhala manzila al-rajul nadhara ila dajajatin fawqa ha'id. When Rasulullah entered, he saw there is a hen on a wall. Okay? Qadbabat had just laid the egg on the top of the wall. Fataqa'ul ala wataden fi Then the egg dropped, but there was a you know, nail inside the wall and it stopped on the nail. Imagine how difficult it is. Even if I give you time to put a, an egg on a nail, it's difficult. But that is stopped there. It stood there, it didn't drop, it didn't break. Rasulullah was surprised. The person who had invited Rasulullah, he said, Are you surprised with this egg? By the one who has raised you as a prophet, truthfully. So far I have never had any bad event in my life. 
I have never suffered. Nothing bad has happened. Nothing even is broken in my house. Nothing, you know, is wasted. Nothing is lost. No illness. Nothing. So he said this maybe with a sense of, you know, pride or a sense of being, you know, especially treated by Allah. فَنَّحَضَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَعَلَيْهِ وَلَمْ يَأْكُلْ مِنْ طَعَامِهِ شَيْئًا Rasulullah immediately stood up and didn't eat anything and wanted to leave. And then before leaving he said, مَنْ لَمْ يُرْضَى فَمَا لِلَّهِ فِيهَ مَنْ حَاجَةِ If someone has not seen any suffering in his house, it means that Allah has nothing to do with him. Allah has left him to himself. How it comes that you have never had any problem? So, it's not logical to think that not to have a problem is a sign of being a good person. And if you have a problem, if you have illness, if you have poverty, it means that you are a bad person. No, you cannot judge like that. So, the Quran tells us that actually there is a possibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may give much of dunya or keep away from them the difficulties if they are people who are just attached to dunya. On the other hand, it's not again necessary, but it's very likely that people who are good and faithful may suffer in this world. Okay? You cannot say whoever is suffering is good. But there is a great chance that if you are a good person, you would suffer. Dhukra inda Abi Abdullah alayhi salam al-Bala'ah. There were some people with Imam Sadiq alayhi salam and a mention was made about Bala'ah, about tests and trials and calamities. And what you know Allah does with mu'mineen. Then Imam Sadiq said, Su'ila Rasulullah. Sorry, Su'ila Rasulullah. Rasulullah was asked, Man ashaddun nas bala'an fid dunya? Who are the people who have greatest calamities in dunya? Who are the people who suffered more and have greatest calamities? And Rasulullah replied, the people who had greatest calamities were the prophets. Then there were those who were closer to them. They had greater. So the prophets had the greatest. Then after the prophets, those who were closer, those who resembled them the most, they had more difficulties. Then Rasulullah said, وَيُبْتَلَى الْمُؤْمِنُ بَعْدُهُ عَلَى قَدْرِ إِيمَانِهِ وَحُسْنِ أَعْمَالِهِ After them, when it comes to mu'mineen, so after Rasulullah and those who are very close to the Prophet, after Prophets and those who are very close to the Prophet, then we have ordinary mu'mineen, depending on how strong is their iman and how good is their actions, they will also go through calamities. فَمَنْ سَحَّ إِيمَانُهُ وَحَسُنَ عَمَلُهُ اشْتَدَّ بَلَاؤُهُ Those who have good iman, strong iman, good aqidah, good understanding, and good action, their calamities increase. وَمَنْ سَخُفَ إِيمَانُهُ وَذَعُفَ عَمَلُهُ قَلَّ بَلَاؤُهُ Those whose iman is weak and their actions are weak, they will have less calamities. Even there is a hadith that Imam Sadiq says, Allah has some special servants. Allah has some servants on the earth. These are very pure servants of Allah. What happens to these people? Does Allah give them all the privileges? No. These are very special, very pure, very sincere. 
مَا يَنْزِلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءَ تُحْفَةٌ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا صَرَفَهَا عَنْهُمْ إِلَى غَيْرِهِمْ Nothing good comes from heaven to the earth unless Allah sends away from them. Allah doesn't want them to be, for example, very rich, very comfortable. وَلَا بَلِيَّةٌ إِلَّا صَرَفَهَا إِلَيْهِمْ No problem comes except that goes to them. But these are special people because not every moment can cope with this. But there are people that they suffer so much. People don't appreciate them, you know, family, friends, you know, illness. This can be, I'm not saying necessarily, cannot judge, but this can be a sign of this person being very special. In another hadith, Imam Baqir said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a servant, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower calamities upon him. When he then calls, he prays to Allah, he asks for relief. Allah says, my servant, here I am. If I want to bring you quick relief and remove all these calamities, I can do that. But if I don't give you what you want now and I save it for you, it would be better for you. So do you want to continue being patient and then save everything for the time that you would need more? Or you want me to give it now? You understand? Like a person who is, for example, you know, maybe a person who is ill, maybe you have a child or little brother or sister who is ill, and he must not eat something. Okay? Keeps insisting, giving me this, giving me this, giving me this. You say, okay, I can give you, I don't have any problem. But if I don't give you now, it's better. I can give you after a few days, when you are better off. Or for example, you know, a person who is addicted and wants to stop. Okay? Sometimes, you know, even they have to somehow uh, fasten them with rope. Because they will go after it. You know, in some clinics, you know, sometimes you know, they control them. It is not an act of love if a person who is in that situation you know, says, you know, give me, you know, for example, drug. If you give him that drug, he will never be able to stop. So sometimes it's very difficult to see a person in that condition suffering, but when you know it's better for them, then you can... Just let them, you know, be patient till they can come successfully out of it. But then, when someone goes through these problems and remains patient, he would achieve a lot. Not only he would achieve <coughs> a strength and independence in his or her character, but also he would achieve a lot in the hereafter, which is more important. Look at this beautiful hadith from Imam Sadiq Abdullah ibn Abi Ya'fur. He is a companion of Imam Sadiq and he was very ill. He had all the illness. So he says, شَكَوْتُ إِلَىٰ أَبِي عَبْدِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مَا أَلْقَى مِنَ الْأَوْجَاعِ He said, I complained about my illnesses. وَكَانَ مِسْقَامًا He was a person who was very ill. فَقَالَ لِي يَا عَبْدَ اللَّهِ Imam Sadiq told me, oh, Abdullah, because his name was Abdullah ibn Abi Ya'fur. His name was Abdullah. لَوْ يَعْلَمُ الْمُؤْمِنِ 
If a believer what he would be given in the place of suffering, you are ill, you are poor, whatever suffering you have, you have difficulties in family, in work, if you know what you would be given for this suffering, he would wish that his body was put, put uh, made into pieces by Caesar. When he says how much he has been given for suffering, he says, I wish I had suffered more. Because that is what is making me now very rich in Akhirah. For example, there are people who are ill like this, I said. There are people who lose their dear ones. Imam Sadiq says, if your child dies, if one of your child dies when you are alive, أفضل من سبعين ولد يبقون بعده يدركون القائم عليه السلام. It's better for you than having seventy children who die after you who are companions of Imam Zaman. So the reward that you get for a child who died in an accident or illness in hospital when you are alive is more than the reward that you get if you leave 70 children behind who would help a mama zama. Why? Because when you are alive and he dies, there is suffering and pain. After I die, what happens to them is not bringing any pain to me. Like for example, a person who gives money, one pound, when he's alive, is better than saying that when I die, give one thousand pound to so-and-so. When you are alive and you have attachment to this, you love this, you have to give. There's a story that a person, a Muslim, had died and he made wasiya, a will, that after I die, my, you know, property, my money, he had lots of, you know, dates. It was a storeroom of dates to be distributed to the poor people. It is said that one date dropped on the ground. Rasulullah took that date, which was, you know, also dusted and, you know, on the ground. And said, if he had given this with his hand when he was alive was better than giving all this after he dies. The whole thing in spirituality is to get rid of hubbu dunya and give your heart to Allah so that Allah can settle in your heart. Hubbu dunya. How can you get rid of hubbu dunya? One is to give your money. You cannot achieve piety unless you give what you love. If you don't love, it's not important. So if someone asks me how much I should give enfaq, charity, you cannot fix amount. For example, maybe a person has millions of pounds. For him, giving few thousands is not working that much. I believe that every person should give as infaq something that he would feel something is being taken from him. You can feel that there is a separation, you know? Because the whole point is that you have to do something which is difficult so that your attachment to dunya is reduced. See what you love and how much you love, then try to give.
but something that you don't love or something that is too little and doesn't you know count at all would not be significant the one who gives his money in order to become pure Allah says to Rasulullah, take sadaqah to purify them. Another thing which very much purifies us and helps us to get rid of hope dunya is suffering. A person who suffers is not attached to dunya. If you have all the things that you want and no problem, there is a great chance that you become attached to dunya. I'm not saying necessary, but there's a great chance. But when you have problems, then you will not be attached to dunya. You see, many people, after they lose someone, they become religious. There are, you know, young people, they were not religious, but after they lost their father or mother, they become religious. Because they understand that this world is not something to attach something to think that this is my idea sometimes you need to wake up so suffering is very powerful in taking you away from dunya and taking you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is a hadith that A person says, Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi Yaqool, ayyuma rajulin qaddama thalathata awlaad Every man who has given three children, means three children have died, who were not even mature, baalik, avimra'atun or there's a woman who has given three children, means three of her children have died. They will be like barrier protecting from hellfire. Look at this hadith. This hadith is very important. A person who was a companion of Rasulullah said, Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqool I heard Rasulullah saying, Inna al-abd idha sabaqat lahu inda Allah ta'ala manzalatun Sometimes in Allah's knowledge, it is there that this person can reach this high position. Okay? So there is a potential for this person. But Lam But unfortunately his actions were not good enough to reach that position. Either because had too little actions or that position was very high. So now what's the solution? If he has the potential of reaching that very high position and his actions don't qualify him. So what happens? Ibtalahullah. Fi jasadahi, o fi malahi, o fi waladahi. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would try him, would test him with a difficulty, either in his body, or his money, or child. Thumma sabara ala dhalik. Then he tries to be patient. Hatta yablughahul manzalata allati sabaqat ilayha min Allah azza wa jal. Till he reaches that position that Allah knew that he can reach. So it's a matter of training and a matter of helping people to rise. We have, for example, hadith about people who have miscarried child. Sometimes a person has a child, is not even born. But still, it's very painful, especially for mother, it's very painful. And for father, of course, but maybe mother more. So there is hadith that even a miscarried child, 
will stand next to the gate of heaven. Because in Islam, we believe that these children go to heaven, unlike some other religions, that they think that they will be limbo. In Islam, we believe that even these children go to heaven. Not only they go to heaven, they have the chance to intercede. They have chance to bargain. So, this child is going to heaven, but he would not go there and stands next to the Babul Jannah and he says, I don't enter unless my parents come with me. He will be said, enter. I don't enter unless my parents come. So even a miscarried child can help the parents to go to heaven. There is a hadith that Prophet Dawood lost a child. He had a child who died. He was very sad because you know prophets, they have love. Yeah? It's not that they don't have love. They have love for their children. They suffer, but they are so strong in Iman that they don't lose their patience. But he was sad. Allah, according to this hadith, communicated to Dawood, O oh Dawood, what was the value of this child for you? And what you could, you know, compare the value of something with this, you know. Said, he was for me like filling the whole earth with gold. So, if you had all earth, you know, with gold, then maybe this was the value of mine. It means too much. Okay? Then Allah said, فَلَكَ إِذَنْ عِنْدِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِلْءُ الْأَرْضِ الثَّوَابًا Then Allah said, On the day of judgment, I give you full size of the earth of reward. This is why we find that among people, the prophets suffered more. And among the prophets, Rasulullah suffered more than anyone else. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ma uthiya nabiyun mithla ma uthit. No prophet was annoyed like me. So, the most beloved servant of Allah in dunya has suffered more than anyone else. You know, Rasulullah lost his father even before his birth. Soon he lost his mother. Then he was, you know, taken care of by his grandfather. He lost his grandfather. When he was faced with lots of difficulties, he lost his wife. He lost his uncle. Okay? So much pressure on Rasulullah in Mecca. Spreading rumors that he is a mad person. He is a magician. I don't know. Uh, all the bad things they said. Torturing his friends, his companions. Killing them. Then in Medina. How much Rasulullah suffered in Medina, not only from the kuffar, but also from munafiqeen, who were inside Medina and they were making all the mischief, all the plots. Even some of them very, you know, looking very nice to people, but they were planning for killing Rasulullah. They built Masjid al-Zarar, 
and you know some family issues that you know some problems you know even so how much a person can suffer it seems that for Rasulullah there was no limit for his suffering or when it comes for example to Ahlul Bayt you see Amirul Mu'mineen how much Amirul Mu'mineen suffered even from childhood Amirul Mu'mineen even from childhood <coughs> suffered a lot you know there is a saying that you know Aqil had illness in his eye later he became ill so when he was very child you know young child and he wanted to put they wanted to put medicine in his eyes he was not accepting so they had to put medicine in the eye of Imam Ali so that he Aqil says okay now you can put in my eye you know how obedient was Imam Ali as a child he was okay but they had to such, you know, obedient and, you know, polite person, so much he suffered. From the age of 10, when he became Muslim, he had to go through all difficulties and he was, you know, faced with lots of challenges. And then all people who were fighting him, later when they became Muslim, they had the hatred which were hidden. These were the same people who were fighting Islam, but then later they became Muslims. As we have in Dua in Nudbah. So some people were fighting in battle against Islam. They lost maybe some of their family members, some friends. Later they became Muslim, but they still were hating Ali. Because Ali was the one who was, you know, fighting them. Ali was the one who was, you know, killing, for example, their, you know, family members. Anyway, all these hostility, hatred, they were kept. And then whenever they had opportunity, they were releasing those anger and hatred on Ali and his family. You look at Imam Hussein alayhi salam, look at Lady Zainab, how much they suffered. But they never took this as a sign of Allah not being kind, not being merciful, not being, you know, loving them. One of the worst things that can happen to a person who suffers is that his relation with Allah would be damaged. This is shaitan. So whenever a person is suffering, shaitan goes to him or her and says, Allah doesn't love you. If he had loved you, he would have stopped your problems. Okay? Shaitan wants to use this as a you know, opportunity to weaken the position. But those who are mu'min, they know that it's actually opposite. And they are grateful that they have been given ability to demonstrate their love, their commitment. You know, in uh, Sajda, after Ziyarat Ashura, you say, Allahumma lakal hamdu hamda shakirina laka ala musabihim. You want to praise Allah in the way that those who are grateful over their suffering praise Him. Grateful over what? Suffering. Unfortunately, we may fail even to be grateful with respect to the blessings that we receive. But there are people who are grateful with respect to the sufferings that they have. In the months of Rajab, in one of the du'as that we should recite after Salat, you say, Allahumma inni as'aluka sabra shakirin I ask you to give me the patience of those who are grateful. You know, when you have a sport, for example, if you play football or volleyball, yeah, 
Sometimes, you know, for example, those who play football, 90 minutes at least, they have to run. It's very difficult. But aren't they happy? Although their body is tired, yeah? But they are very happy that because they know that this is a good struggle. This is a good exercise. They are going to gain from it. You know, if someone forces you to run 90 minutes, you will get mad at him. You know, if I ask, you know, a person that you must run 90 minutes and I'm going, you know, to check. If you stop, you know, I'm going to beat you. He will get angry. But when the person himself decides to run 90 minutes, he's so happy. That if you want to ask him not to go for football, he says, no, I have to go for football. I love football because he enjoys this. A student who studies hours and reduces his sleep, reduces going out, reduces, you know, meeting friends, watching, you know, movie, because he has an aim, he wants to pass the exam. It's difficult, but he enjoys. He says, Alhamdulillah, every day I'm making some steps towards my aim. So sometimes suffering might be physically tiring you, but spiritually is energizing you. Yeah? You feel that you are gaining something, you are moving ahead. So those who know what Allah is giving them for their patience, they would be grateful. You know, Jabir had a conversation with Imam Sadiq and then he said, I prefer, I have reached the position that I prefer illness to health. Poverty to rich, because he had understood all these points. But Imam Sadiq said, we Ahlul Bayt are pleased with whatever Allah is pleased with us. Okay? So, it's not that we say to Allah, make me ill, make me poor, make me lose my children. No, we don't volunteer for suffering. Okay? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to give us the best of the best. But if something happens and it's not because of your bad behavior, then you should be happy. If it's because of your bad behavior, you have to do tawbah and you have to change yourself. So when a moment goes through difficulty, has to check, was it caused by me for example if I have an accident I should see was I not driving carefully maybe I was not driving carefully now I have accident I have a for example child who is not good child his akhlaq his morality is bad okay I should check did I do my best in upbringing Islamically if I didn't do my best, then I should blame myself. I shouldn't expect, you know, reward from Allah for what I didn't do. But if I have done my best, if I have made my efforts, then for this suffering, I will be rewarded. I was driving carefully, but someone came and hit me. I was walking carefully on the street. Someone hit me, and I am now ill till... Disabled till end of my life, Allah is going to compensate. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is compensating for any suffering that you have as long as you were not yourself guilty, you were not yourself careless. Even for them, maybe somehow Allah would still compensate if a person repents. Maybe for example, when I was going to get married, I was not careful. I was very young, I didn't have experience. Now, I cannot say I'm not responsible. But what can I do? I want to be patient. So Allah says, okay, if you have taken your lesson, 
Now I'm going to accept your patience and reward you. But definitely for anything which is not caused by you, you will be rewarded. Something caused by other people, something caused by nature. Something is, I don't know, something in your, I don't know, genealogy. Maybe a person is born with some disability, illness, he will be compensated. How much he will be compensated? He will be given much more than you can gain from your actions. You know, when it comes to actions, hasanat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he is very generous. I have a paper about generous reward of Allah in this series on understanding God's mercy. If you go to message of Thakaleh, I think it's part 7, if I'm not mistaken, of understanding God's mercy. When it comes to bad actions, only one bad action Proportionate as a one other. Yeah? Good action will be rewarded ten times more. It's the minimum. Sometimes it's much more than that. Sometimes it's 700 times. Sometimes it's 1400 times. Sometimes it is tens of thousands of times. Like for example, if you do something good in night of Qadr, it's 30,000 times at least added, multiplied. But still, it's a, there is a limit. For Hasana, still there is a limit. Even if it is 10,000 times multiplied. When it comes to patience, sabr, Allah says, إِنَّمَا يُغَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Those who are patient, they are rewarded without measure. Then you cannot say how many times more. Without measure. Blank check. Whatever you want, you can put and cash it. So those who suffer, either for keeping their iman, because you know we have three types of sabr. As sabr ala ta'ah, you have to do wajibat, it needs patience. You have to have hijab, it's patience. You have to do salat, fasting, all the things. As sabr anil ma'asiyah, to avoid sins, needs patience. And as sabr ala musibah, you have suffering, you have to be patient. If you are patient, you will be rewarded without measure. Okay? So we stop here. Inshallah, we continue this discussion next session.